0: Everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the SDA Game podcast. And today, we are going to do a different episode if we compare to the other episodes because I've tried... uh, Right now, I'm focusing a lot on interviews, but also I've tried solo episodes and I'm going to do more, obviously. And today, it's a solo episode, but uh, more focused on Q&A. So I have uh, some notes. I'm going to... Answer so some questions that I got from people uh, in the past few weeks about prospecting, about being a funding SDR, for example, or uh, the best resource to start as an SDR. So I'm going to answer this question today. I'm going to talk about different topics, obviously. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know. Uh, you can, obviously, if you're on YouTube, comment the video and uh give uh, your, your feedback on the video or ask any questions uh, because i'm thinking about doing this format a few times um in the coming in the coming next weeks um i'm thinking more about yeah monthly one to start and if i'm getting more and more questions i think i will do like more like a weekly thing and if it's a format that you love why not doing like a, a live version of it uh, obviously, where you can join, you can ask your questions. Also, if you can join, I uh, can create a form so you can send your questions. So, yeah, um, really wanted to do this format uh, for the past few few months. Didn't have the time to do it because yeah, I was uh, focused on Castor. And, um, yeah, so happy to do this today because it's not going to be like um, an episode, a short format. So, yeah, I think it will be like... Um, 50 minute uh, hour format where I'm going to, to cover all the topics I mentioned earlier. So if you enjoy this, like I said, if you're on YouTube, comment and give me your feedback. Uh, also the question you might have. And if you are on Spotify or Apple podcasts, uh, go on LinkedIn and give me your feedback because on Apple podcasts, you can't give any feedback, but on Spotify now you can actually. So, uh, Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and and give me uh, your feedback. So, so yeah, super excited about this format. Um, I've got some coffee to for for, for this fifty minutes that one could fifty minutes an hour that we're going to spend together. So yeah, I hope you enjoy uh, this format, and yeah, so. First topic I wanted to cover is uh, maybe if you missed this uh, on the newsletter on LinkedIn, I announced that. But uh, last week uh, on Friday, that was my last day uh, at Castor. So I'm switching jobs right now. I'm switching jobs right now. I, can't, I can't talk. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, this week for me, it's uh, pretty um, going to rest. Um, yeah, I'm focused on being ready for for the next job I'm starting. And I'm starting next Monday. And I'm going to announce that on Monday next week. So, but I'm back to leadership. So, yeah, pretty excited about that. I'm not going to give you more details. I'll let you um, discover that with my LinkedIn post next week. So, super excited about that. The other thing I wanted to cover also about... This podcast, uh, the the game in general, the podcast the newsletter I'm, um, I'm creating, uh, I've shared a couple times a survey. The, I'm going to add it in the, the comment section in the in the description of the episode, where you can give your your feedback. Um, so basically, I've created a survey to uh, thinking about what's going to be next for, for this game. Uh, so I'm thinking about creating more quality content uh, but right now what I'm thinking about is uh, paying for it because obviously that's something that's taking me a lot of more and more time and by doing this the goal is obviously give you more content for more quality content and to help you uh, I know we have a lot of SDRs, for people in different stages in their career so I know people are just starting the journey people are just are uh, looking for um, an SDR role, their first SDR role, or people are, they just want to perform at their best into their current SDR role, or they they, they want to be promoted to an A role, for example. Or, and we even have an uh, enterprise, account contact executive that I know are listening to this. So I know we have a lot of people uh, listening to this. So I'm thinking about creating... Um, s- yeah, content slash products, uh, whatever you want to, to call them. But I'm thinking about templates, maybe or a paid newsletter, um, a paid community. And uh, bec- because it's by doing that, for me, it's going to give you more quality uh, on this side. So, for example, if let's take the example of the community and, and why I'm thinking more and more about the community is, yes, you have. A lot of communities, yes, you have Rev, Rev Genius, for example, but it's free. Um, the the fact that maybe you need to pay, uh, it's not that um, it's not going to be not go- good quality. But if you pay for something, generally you are going to invest more your time on it uh, than if it was free. Because generally, when it's free, you, you you say, "Oh, okay, I'm going to join the community," but then you forget about it. But if you pay for something, generally your commitment will be higher. And so so that's why. So the goal, for example, if we create a community, uh, it will be having not sure. Uh, I don't have all the details yet, but it could be we could use uh, Discord, for example, or, or Circles. That's another platform to, to manage communities. And the goal is it will be to have people who want to really improve their prospecting skills and and here will be uh, obviously it could be sdrs but all the people who want to to improve their prospecting skills and in this community the i think the the biggest value will be you will be in touch with other high performing sdrs um where that i think sometimes it's missing um because a few times when i was in my previous roles uh, AdCast or other companies. Sometimes I was missing uh, the contact with SDRs from other companies or other AEs from other companies because, yes, it's great to be in touch obviously with uh, the SDRs or your account executive at your company, but it's good also to be in touch with people who are um, in the same mindset as you, that in this growing mindsets and this community is to join, for, to, to be in touch with those people. And I think that's something, uh, yes, you can do it on LinkedIn, you can post on LinkedIn, but here the goal would be, yeah, You obviously you you can still do that on LinkedIn if, if you want, but here you have a place where you can find those people and so you can uh, grow w- 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 with those reps. Obviously, uh, the goal is, that's one of the first goals. I'm thinking about a lot of different things, but for example, um, a job board for the community because... Same here is, uh, if we have a community of high performers, then we will have also uh, companies who will be interested to, um, or we can put you in touch with companies, really good companies, for example. So 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 that's some ideas. Uh, I'm sure there is a lot of things we we could do uh, on this community. And so... If you want to give me your feedback, I'm going to include the survey at the bottom uh, of this episode. So in the description of this episode. So would love to give uh, to get your feedback. Um, also feel free to reach out on LinkedIn to, to, um, to give me your ideas or what you're thinking about. Uh, but, but yeah, so that's something I wanted to share with you because I'm thinking more and more about this. Uh, because the idea game still for me, a side project um, for, for now uh, but I think in a, the next few years uh, I would love to to be really f- f- full-time on this project so so that's why I'm thinking about this and and I want to to do I think the mistake that sometimes uh, people are making when they're creating product it's assuming that there is they have the, the best idea and they just want you to create the product and then no one buys it so I've seen some examples something from uh, entrepreneurs that they're going to create um, a training on a specific topic and they never talk to their customers and no one buys the product and they they wonder that what they say yeah trainings are not working so yeah that's a waste of time no it's just you didn't spend time with your customers and you don't you didn't know what they want so that's why i'm creating this i want to be to share that with you because it's, I think, what I want to build next, it's based on your feedback and what you what you want and how, how I can help you solve those problems. So let me know. Uh, so, yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. So the first question that I got uh, f- uh, from, the first question I got, it was from Jasper Gillaran, uh, BDR at Prospect. So he asked me about my funding BDR role at Castor actually. And the question was around um what will be my approach with the with this role because I think a funding BDR role versus a BDL role will be completely different. And I think obviously depending on the size of the company you're working with, but a funding BDR role it's a lot of things to figure out so the i think the first thing you need to figure out is generally when you you are funding bdr role, you don't have a manager you don't have like a, a bdr manager or a bdr director because you are the you will be the first bdr um so you will be working with the the founders generally or the founder of the company so that's the first thing and here it's i think if you think about that it's going to be your relationship with uh, your manager would be completely different, obviously, depending on on you, who you are working with. A founder, I think, uh, it's great because you will get a lot of um, information about the business. You, you will be uh, have more responsibilities, obviously, because you are the first person to be to build the team. So the the pros on this is yes you are going to grow quicker um but the the i think the cons of this um it's sometimes uh, funders that you are working with they m- might not have the um, the experience in say so for example on marketing It's something uh, that you need to be uh, not worried about but it's something you need to to know because every funder will be different some funders will have like um, a background of sales, a background of marketing, or maybe a background of engineer. So uh, that's something you need to know. So sometimes you have a founder that can be here to be your mentor and help you obviously and give you the vision, what they want. So that's something you need to figure out. And when generally you're on your BDR, uh, working with a BDR manager, uh, you are more, uh, the BDR manager is focused on the success of your of the team and of your success. So uh, this person will be really focusing on helping you improving your skills. So that's, I think, the, the first thing to, to think about. The um, second thing when you join a company as a funding media is generally, uh, they, you maybe you are not the first hire, maybe they hired people in the past, tried the BDR function, didn't work. Uh, from, it's pretty common, um, and I know... A lot of companies try to hire junior BDR or junior AZRs, thinking about that they're going to help the business and be the, the foundation of the team with no management and reporting directly to the founder. So I'm not saying it's yeah, it's I think it's a mistake. And I, I was going to say it's not a mistake, but yeah, it's I think it's a mistake because in the early stage of a company. With a, a junior SDR, uh, someone who is just starting as an SDR, yes, this person can be really hungry and have a, a lot of energy and want to 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 learn the role. But if the founder doesn't have any experience on prospecting, uh, this person is going to take a lot of time to, to ramp up and get results. And generally in early stage companies, the uh, founders, they don't have time to wait a year or two years to get results. So... Generally, I've I've seen a lot of founders doing this, uh, having junior SDRs to to help with this, and and I think that's a mistake because it's going to take a lot of time for for the business, but also for the founder. So, uh, generally, when you 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 are looking for funding BDR or funding EDR, you want to have people who already have experience in prospecting. Obviously, the the best case scenario is having someone who already prospecting the same buyer persona, the same type of companies, and have uh, prospecting experience, um, ha- maybe led a team in the past. And I think that's obviously the best. It's I don't think it's possible to, to do that for everyone, but um, I think it's possible to find someone like this. But if the person didn't prospect the buyer persona, it's, I think it's fine because um, when you have like a process to prospect by different by your personas, it's, you can do that to any industry. So that's something um, you need to figure out. And that's why also I took the role at Castor uh, because Castor was um, my my fourth job um, and my first SDR, funding SDR role. And so I forgot to mention, so for me SDR, BDI, it's the same. And I know for some people, SDR, BDI, it's Different. So some companies SDA is as inbound, fo- in the inbound focused on inbound, and then BDR is focused on outbound. So uh, if I say SDR or BDR, for me it's the same. But I'm going to yeah, just say BDR if you want, uh, because at Castor my role was f- focusing on outbound with the rest of the team. So and the approach I think uh, with the role was the the first thing I need to focus on was. Understanding the companies we're going after because the company uh, had already SDRs uh, in the past, so they tried the function already. And so I know that it didn't work, and we were here. I was here to help with the uh, building, building the, the messaging, and other things. So the first step I think uh, you need to think about is does the company already have customers uh, because if not I think it will be a different answer for me today but if you don't have customers yet I think it's more uh, thinking about who might be the best companies to go after the, the buyer personas and trying um, to go after people and get feedback on, on your product Uh had the chance, I would say, the, to already have customers at Castor, so it was easier for me because I could go analyze the customers of Castor. It was easier uh, for me to to know where to focus on because uh, something I've learned also is sometimes the founders or the leadership team they might have they might have an idea on the the ICP or the companies they want to go after, or when I say ICP, ideal customer profile and they might have also an idea on the person that they want to go after. The, I think the thing you need to think about is getting data on that, showing the having data as a proof to say, OK, we need to go after these companies because uh, 80% of our customers are uh, similar to this industry or industry, industry for example. 80% of our customers are SaaS businesses. So we should go after SaaS businesses. And that's not saying just, yeah, we want to go after SaaS because that's my good thing. No, it's I have data proving that. So that's where the first step will be analyzing your customers if you have them already. So when I joined Castor, uh, we, had, we have uh, more than 50 customers. So my first step was to analyze this. And the, the first step when I, I want to check is the obviously the size of the companies, the industry, um, the location obviously also because depending on the country uh, you might have different customers and a different ACV, for example. So when I say the size of the company, because You might have companies that have 500 employees or 1,000 employees, and that's something you want to see. Do you have any correlation with with the size of the company and the size of the deal, for example? I say the industry also because, uh, for example, uh, when I was working at Chili Piper, uh, we were were selling to different industries, but 95% of the customers were... SaaS businesses. So when you're reaching out, you want, if the business is not a SaaS, you you know that you don't have a great chance of success to close the deal with uh, this company who is not a SaaS business. So that's why, for example, it's important. At Castor, it was different because the product was different. Um, Cast And I forgot to mention, but Castor is... Um, the data catalog, I'm not going to explain exactly wh- wh- what it does, but the industry uh, we were going after is a buyer person we are going after were uh, data leaders, so chief data officers, VP of data, data engineer directors, so personas uh, focused on data. And data teams, you have data teams in any industries. I think it's more based on the size of the companies. Generally, you, are, you have data teams. In the SaaS industry, you have data teams. Uh, they start generally at 100 employees or 200 employees. So, could be, for example, um, a focus uh, for us. But if you check, for example, the retail industry or CPG industry, uh, yes, you have the data team, but generally, it's when the team, the company is uh, bigger than 200 employees generally more like 600 700 employees so um, that's and that's something uh, f- I found out um, when I was building uh, the messaging for, for Castor so at Castor I could go after any industry and actually I couldn't because the SaaS businesses was the only one and that were there is uh, also and maybe as a topic for another day but if you think about industry also you have sub industries um because uh, actually for example we found that you have the SaaS industry but inside the SaaS industry you have maybe 20 sub industries you have uh, companies selling to sales people companies selling to cyber security bear personas for example and all of those companies they have different challenges different uh Go maybe not goals, but changes and that's something you need to be aware of when you're reaching those, to those companies because your messaging needs to be different. Something also I learned is uh, actually paper when we're selling a product that help a sales team and marketing teams. If you are reaching out to companies selling to uh, SMB companies, um, the messaging will will be different. But if you are selling to a company with uh, an enterprise. Uh, team, your messaging will be different also because they have different challenges than... uh, An enterprise team has different challenges than an SMB team. So that's something uh, you need to to be aware of because that's something you can uh, leverage in your messaging uh, later later on. So I was talking about the the industries uh, for for Forecaster and and yeah, so basically I could go after any industries. Uh, But when I was doing my research, even though you can go after every industries, uh, yes, you have companies with data teams. What I found out is you have companies who are more, I would say, modern than others uh, that invest in tools for their data uh, teams. And something I've learned is that, for example, we were uh, working with uh, Snowflake, Databricks, um, Redshift, or BigQuery. For example, they have data warehouse warehouse. Well, Warehouse's tools, warehouse tools. And if you know that a company has a data team, but they don't have one of the sources, it's not going to be a good fit for us because uh, one, we only integrate with modern data warehouse tools. And two is if a company doesn't invest in their, their tools, it means that we, they are not going to invest in Kastor, in for example. So that's something I run about. Even though you can sell to industries, you can remove a lot of companies just uh, based on the stack uh, of their tools because uh, because of uh, what I just mentioned. So that's the, the, the first step you need to figure out is the targeting the companies you are going after is what are the demographic triggers demographic criteria that I can use, but also technographic criteria that I can use. And like I mentioned, demographic is the location of the company, the size of the company, the industry of the company. Uh, I don't have the rest of the top of mind, but that's something you can figure out. Uh, to start, obviously there is more uh, yeah, revenue, for example, um, but specifically, for example, for Castor, it was the most relevant. It was more the size of the company or the size of the data team same as um, uh, Chili Piper. Uh, it was the size of the sales team, for example, because Castor and Chili Piper, they were bo- they are both products um, focused on uh, licenses. So the more users they have inside the company, so obviously it means that the higher will be the, the opportunity. So that's the, uh, I would say that the first step is the, the companies you want to go after, um, you need to, to have, like, a clear definition on, on those companies. And I think, for example, uh, something I learned with Swordcaster is you can have one definition for one industry, but the definition could be different into another industry. So, for example, uh, like I mentioned, SaaS businesses and I would say more, maybe more traditional uh, company, uh, let's say retail, for example, the retail industry, the SaaS industry for data, a uh, three hundred company can have a team of thirty uh, data people, uh, a team of thirty people. And sometimes you have a retail company with one thousand employees, and there are fifteen data uh, people on the team. And so, yes, the 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 retail account for the I would say the retail account, Let's say it's an e-commerce store, for example, they have one thousand employees they only have 15 employees, but in the idea, yes, they have 1,000 employees, but the team is smaller than the SaaS business with 300 employees, so one company is maybe um, smaller than the other one, but uh, your opportunity will, might be higher in the smaller company because of the size of the team. So that's something uh, you need to figure out because Each industry is different. Obviously, the SaaS industry will be always... I'm not saying it's the best one, but it's generally if you're thinking about companies who are really uh, early adopters on technologies, for example, uh, because here on this podcast, we we talk about SaaS businesses and we are talking about uh, new technologies that companies uh, might might use. So I think that's step, step number one is focusing on this. Uh, then the second step is the buyer personas. Um, and what I mean by buyer personas is the people who are um, taking the meetings, they are buying your product. Uh, something you need to figure out is what are the titles of the, those personas? Uh, do you have like new titles? Uh, and when I say that, um, I'm going to explain why. Uh, what's the challenges of those buyer personas? their day-to-day, what's the content they they, they are consuming to to improve on their world, because you want to understand their day-to-day because you want to have an idea when you are going to create your messaging for for those prospects, the specific problems they have and your problem can solve, for example. Uh, But let's go back on what I was talking about, the the, um, titles. For example, so something I learned at Chili Paper: uh, if a company had SDRs, it was a really great fit for, for us. And so that's one. If a company didn't have SDRs, you need to do more research and see uh, to understand some of the business. Uh, but a company with SDRs were really a great fit, for example, for Chili Paper. At Castor, uh, um, I'm not going to explain all the personas, but there is a lot of different by that I could go after, but C-level executive, the VP of Data Chief Data Officers, Data Engineers, BI leaders, so business intelligence, uh, Data Governance, and a new one that was created uh, thanks to a tool, DBT, uh, for those who are in the industry, uh, you, you know it, uh, but uh, the, the last one is Analytics Engineers, and it's, I think it's pretty similar to SDRs in the SaaS industry for SaaS people, uh, the analytics engineer um, person or team. If you know a company who uses this, they are companies who are investing a lot in, in the um, data processes or they're really focusing on, on data and they're pretty modern on, on this. So that's something uh, that was using a lot to, to find if a company was a great fit and also, that was one of my main focus when I was reaching out to, um, uh, to a company. And I mentioned, so to go back on the rest, so challenges is, uh, I think for me, and uh, something I've learned in the past uh, two, three years, actually, Paper Headcaster is your prospecting efforts will have more impact if you focus on the problems you, uh, you can solve, uh, the challenges that you're, you can solve instead of trying to pitch the features of, uh, of the product. So uh, something uh, learning about each buyer persona is you want to see, uh, obviously understand their challenges and then the challenges that your product can solve. So, and how you can find those is, I think it's here, it's a lot of research. Uh, if you use a tool like Gong or Chorus, for example, that's something you can, you can do, you can use and really listen to a lot of demos or... Uh, and you want to to listen to why they took the meeting or what they bought they bought the product to um, uh, to solve the problems. Another thing you can use also is G two um, on G two. Uh, if your company uses it, that's great. You can go on, on your page review reviews. Uh, under each review, there is a section talking about what what was. Um, why did you buy the product and to solve which problem or something like that. And if you have, for because if you have recordings, for example, that's how to find information, but here you could use these reviews and you can use that uh, for each persona. Uh, and I think it's great because you can use specifically the words that they are using to, use that later in, in your outreach because right now we, we do not talk about the outreach yet, we are just talking about the foundation uh, of, of this role because uh, generally that's the first uh, the first part of, of the funding media role. So, and I know it's taking a lot of time to explain that but I think it's key for the success of your role but for any outbound motion or SDR teams in general, if you don't have those pillars or the, uh, you know, the the companies you are going after and why and the criteria, um, that's one. And then the buyer personas and the criteria mentioned, the challenges you can solve, uh, the title of those person, the content they're consuming, because that's something you can also use differently, but... uh, because for me, when you create your buyer persona, it's not "Hey, uh, we are going uh, to talk to Sally, the VP of data. She's 45 years old, for example, and uh, she she plays golf or whatever on, on the weekend." So that's I think that's an old way to think about your buyer personas. It's more about uh, what are the common challenges for for your for your prospects or your customers, and how you can help help them solve that. Um, if you want to go deeper on the buyer personas, I think um, it's getting harder if you think about buyer persona by industry. But if you can go de- this, to this level, I think it's way more uh, relevant also for, for your um, for your prospects. And I think step one is figure out your ICP industry and stuff like that, then the buyer personas, whatever the industry. But I think the next step will be Go deep on buyer personas by industry because a data a chief data officer, for example, at a SaaS company, we have different uh, challenges than a chief data officer at a retail company because the business is different uh, and they they will use the data in different ways. And that's something you need to figure out because here I'm talking about my example at Castor, but I think it's the same example for each company. Uh, the challenges are different and um, the for the for each industry. And then at the end, you have the messaging. Uh, Then based on that, then you can leverage into your outreach. So uh, I think the messaging, uh, when you already know the changes of the industry, the the changes of the industry or the changes of your buyer personas, it's way easier to figure out um, creating your messaging. And then you can start thinking how you can use that in your cold emails, how you can use that in your LinkedIn messages or in cold calls. Because yes, uh, I can give you tips on prospecting, but if you don't have this understanding of your prospects and customers, it's going to be hard to be really efficient also on your in your outreach. So uh, that's I think as a funding BDR, the main function is to create this. It's a lot of work because uh, you need to do the research and then some time prospecting. And when you start prospecting, also something you you start realizing is uh, some research that you found that maybe it's not relevant to all of them. So um, the the biggest challenge, I think, at the funding media is building this, uh, what I just mentioned, uh, building the foundation of uh, the messaging of the, of the company, but also figure out what's working with your prospect because it's, the idea, when you have ideas, it's great, but then you need to test them, and then sometimes it, it, does, uh, it doesn't work. So, and that's something I learned. Uh, I had so many ideas for Castor and we we're trying them, and it didn't work. And that's the way it is. And I think it's having this mindset of every week uh, testing maybe a new persona or maybe um, a messaging, a different messaging that we, we want to test. The, the focusing on different challenges, so so yeah, so hope um that was helpful, uh, Jasper, to, to answer your, your question. And then I think uh building the team comes later uh, because when you the SDR team doesn't have any results, normally for the funding team for the funders we won't hire any SDR, so they want to have like early results to say, hey, we are going to hire people. So the the first few months should be focusing on creating the messaging and figure out what's working. Maybe also the the, the best channel. I'm going to talk about that uh, later. But, for example, we found that uh, LinkedIn was a really good channel for their leaders and their engineers. Uh, you might think that it's not the case, but um, that's I'm going to explain that a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, thinking about building the team, generally it comes maybe after six months or maybe a year uh, to hire another person. And here, you, then you can think about the onboarding process, but also um, documenting everything. Uh, something also I learned and I'm trying to be better at is documenting uh, the, everything because as um, when you're building a team, uh, you want to have a, some words of thinking that things that people can use uh, when you are going to hire them. And uh, whatever you are using, but for me, I'm using Notion to to document that. And that's something you need to figure out is how you are going to document everything. So when someone is going to start, they can use um, to to ramp up quicker. So if you have more questions about this topic, let me know. The second thing is, What what I'm reading right now is uh, for next week, for my new role, I just bought uh, this book. So if you're on Spotify, uh, Spotify, Apple podcast, it's uh, the book Busting Cyrus. It's uh, by Hilary Carpio and Travis Henry. Uh, They are both working at Snowflake. And basically the book is talking about how to align uh, sales and marketing Um, Today's snowflake is 7,000 employees or more than that. So they're growing really fast uh, year over year. And uh, something I found out also in my roles and the changes um had a lot is the misalignment between the sales team and marketing team. And I know it's pretty sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Uh, generally, you you have like a lot of alignment, a lot of meetings to work together or ha- using... How to, to work together, and I uh, and the book is pretty good. Um, I've read like forty pages so far, um, and I'm pretty pretty excited about it because it's going, it's giving me a lot of ideas for manual. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you're thinking if in leadership or thinking about going to leadership, that's something. Uh, that's a really good book, I think, and uh, I'm going to share uh, my takeaways uh, when uh, I will be. When I will finish uh, the book, so and yeah, well, curious also to see uh, what you are currently reading or what do you think uh, helping you right now with uh, with books. So, so yeah. Um, third topic I want to cover is the best resources to start as an SDR. Uh I don't remember who exactly, and uh, but I had a question a few weeks ago saying, "What resources are best for?" a new SDRs and the is. And why you are asking that is because today you have a lot of free content, a lot of people to follow LinkedIn, a lot of books, and it can be tough to say, okay, what's good, what's not good and do the, the research. So, And I, so I sat down after uh, getting this question, thinking about, hey, what are the best book, podcasts or things that you can you can use as a junior SDR. So uh, here's the list. So the, uh, I started with books. So I mentioned four. No, I forgot one actually. But uh, I said three podcasts. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to research. Oh yeah, I have it. So okay, so I have four books. Two podcasts, one newsletter, and three website blogs. um, And one last thing. So, the four books that helped me uh, with prospecting, it's the first one is Fanatical Prospecting by Jim Blott. That's the first book I've read about prospecting, actually. I think it's a great book to focus on mindset, Um, not about the, the messaging or prospecting, I would say, how you can call call stuff like that, because I think it's pretty outdated on this side. But the mindset of this book, uh, thinking about uh, the different laws, uh, this book is, is really amazing. So if you don't read it, read it. The second book is The SaaS Sales Method for SDRs by Jacob van der Kooj and that Smith. So they are um, uh, the team behind uh, Winning by Design. And uh, I think it's this one, for example, for prospecting tactics, is really good um, because it talks a lot about different things, playbooks, the top-down approach, the bottom-up approach, uh, the messaging you can use. And I think this book is is great for, um, uh, for for SDRs in general or prospecting in general, so buy it if you want if, if you want. I think this book is is great. Uh then uh, another one that just read recently is Outbounding by uh, William Skip Miller. This book is same as um the, the book from Jacko uh, It's pretty good. Um my favorite chapter of this one is uh the above the power line and below the power line. So that's something uh, maybe you will find more in the enterprise um, prospecting, but it's how you're thinking about your approach with reaching out to C-level executive and with manager director who are more focused on the day-to-day of the company. So this chapter is great because it's really good to explain to you that and how you can use that in your messaging. Then there is spare selling. Uh, that's the last book. So spare selling by Jamie Shanks uh, so it's a, a book about account-based uh, prospecting so he, it's more focused on how you can go after an account instead of your buyer personas and uh, that's also a really good book that I've read um, before moving to, to Mexico and this book what I really like about it is thinking about not just hey how you can go cold after an account so reaching out to you don't know anyone in the account and you, go, you want to go after a second. So it's instead of doing that is uh, are fami- if I have a 200 list of accounts, say who are familiar with me uh, or my company and how you can leverage, um, I don't know, referrals, for example. And I think it's, it gives you a lot of different ways of thinking about prospecting instead of, oh yeah, prospecting is just called add and you have your 200 accounts and you go one by one. No, it's how you can prioritize your, your Twitch. So another great book the two podcasts I swear by so the first one is 30 minutes to president clubs so uh, this one is my favorite Um, I think it's the most tactical podcast you can find about sales in general I think you have a lot of episodes for AES um, but you have really great episodes on prospecting so definitely if you don't know it uh, but uh, go listen to it you you have really great episode on on prospecting also. The other one is this one obviously, and it's not obviously I'm biased about this, but um, I, I'm getting a lot of great feedback uh, recently about the podcast uh, because the podcast is growing really fast, right enough I, if I'm comparing to my previous podcast or content I was creating. But the feedback I'm getting that people are saying uh, that's the podcast for SDRs, and I think. Um, and that was my goal, is to create the podcast that I didn't have when I, I started uh, my dear journey. So, uh, yeah, uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if you enjoy it, uh, let me know on YouTube or on LinkedIn. Or if you are <laughs> on Spotify, you can leave a um, you can rate the, the show. And same on, on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review if you want. So then... Um, Let's talk about the newsletter, um, my favorite newsletter. So that's the one from Florin Tatrila. I, I love his newsletter. Um, every time I'm reading uh, his newsletter, is, I'm learning something. So I think if I'm learning something, if I, you will definitely learn something. So feel free to, to check his newsletter. So his newsletter is prospecting from the trenches. And Then there is three podcasts, or five, three podcasts, three websites, blogs um, that I enjoy a lot reading. The first one, um, Flip the Script by Beck Holland. Uh, Beck Holland, she was the head of SDRs at Chorus, and she was leading an SDR team also at G2 and Gong. And she created a website uh, since she, she moved full-time to her business, but... Excuse me. So she has a a website uh, talking about prospecting, and she she has a really good process about um, prospecting. A lot of good a lot of great tips uh, to to talk about. Uh, call calling, call emailing, um, how you can personalize your Twitch. So I'm really enjoying um, her, her website. Then you have another website that, for me, it's a goldmine. So I mentioned the book of Jaco earlier. Uh, so it's the website of Winning My Design. Uh, their blog is great because it's, they are more focusing on having a scientist approach of sales and they have content around prospecting. And so same here, if you want to thinking about or learning more about prospecting or sales in general, the, their blog is, is great. And then uh, the last website that I'm already doing uh, recently, and that's a new one that I've added this year, actually. It's the um, blog of Lavender. So recently I had Mike Wonder actually, uh, their first AE uh, on the show to talk about cold emailing. And their blog talks about cold emailing. And it's pretty actionable. Uh, I love it because it's pretty focusing on, on, on actionable tips and Really, um, really valuable content. So, if you don't trip on call emailing, uh, feel free to check that blog. But because I think it's a really good, uh, really good blog. And this episode is not sponsored by anything. I'm I'm mentioning here. It's um, it's just me sharing what I love or really find useful. So, everything for for example the blog of Lavender, I, they are not paying me to talk about this, and it's I'm really in love with uh, with with that blog. So. And I'm always um, checking their uh, the blog. There actually there is one article that I've really enjoyed. I don't remember exactly the name, but it's I think it's thirteen frameworks you can use uh, in your cold emails or something something like that. So this I'm going to check right now. Yes, thirteen proven sales email frameworks for unignorable emails. And this article is. Really good. Uh, if you want to, to improve, and the last thing uh, to learn as for to learn prospecting, it's to consume the content of your prospects, and it's go back to what I'm mentioning earlier about the tip for Jasper about uh, being a funding BDR. You want to be the person who understands the most uh, your your prospect even though you are an sdr uh, because that's something you can use when you will be an AE, when you will fund uh, you create your company or stuff like that so having this mindset of I want to know better my prospects than my products, it's the mindset you need to have because and actually I didn't mention that but for me I don't focus on my product generally it's the only thing I'm doing with my product is I want to understand the features but the pains that each feature is going to solve and then how we can help. each features can help my, my better personas based on that based on the pain we can solve and not hey my product is do, it does this and that's it. So the best thing you can do uh, on top of learning every for reading or listening to everything I, I, I've mentioned earlier is be obsessed by your customers. Be the one that know the best your customers because you want to know their challenges, the day-to-day. And yeah, so yeah, the best thing you can do about improving your prospecting skills is to be really obsessed by your customers because that's something you can leverage. So listen to Gongscore, go to G2 to, to read the reviews, to understand the word they're using because that's something you can use on your outreach. The other thing you can do is... Find the content they are listening to reading, and not just the content pr- produced by your company. Uh, I mean, uh, what are the LinkedIn influencers they are following or the, the blogs or the community they are part of, because the more you are focused on the content they are consuming and the more uh, you, you will understand them. So that's, uh, I think, can also help you really well in, in improving your prospecting outreach. And I think the last thing I want to talk about today uh, it's the um, LinkedIn approach. So earlier I was mentioning that at Castor, I found that LinkedIn was of the one of the main channels that we are using to, to book meetings. So um, this is based on a comment from Florin, actually, that I mentioned earlier. So he 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 wrote a post about um, prospecting on LinkedIn and he, wrote, and he wrote, I'm going to just quote what he said, so... Understand that not all persons use LinkedIn the same. From experience, certain personnel like engineering, finance, and security folks do not leverage LinkedIn as frequently as sales, marketing people. Maybe not worth investing a ton of time into it. So uh, that's something I learned. Like I mentioned at Castor, is yes, I think it's true. It's true. They are not using uh, those buyer personas actually are not using LinkedIn the same way as sales or marketing personas, The um, marketing, and I would say maybe sales personas are using more LinkedIn than the rest of buyer personas because that's their role to go after their prospect who might be on LinkedIn. So that's why sales people are more uh, responding to messages than other buyer personas. But what I found at Casta is they're engineers, they're leaders, they're also use LinkedIn, not the same way, but they reply to, uh, to messages. So, uh, what I found out is you have, I think, two types of people on LinkedIn. You have, and that can be the same for every bio every person. The first one is people who are active on LinkedIn. So here, yes, you can spend time um, creating a relationship with them. Uh, they are posting, so it's easier to uh, ask questions about that. Uh, you can be focus on creating a relationship that maybe with others you can't. And in the de- with their ideas, you still have the same because you have people who are really active on LinkedIn and that's something you can do. But what I found out is the most of them are not active on LinkedIn and here what you can do with them, even that they accept your connection request, they are not posting on LinkedIn, they're not commenting or they're not liking anything on LinkedIn. So yes, uh, they are not active, but you can still book meetings with them. Uh, the way that I found useful is that you need to be straight to the point, and it's. And I'm not saying you need to send a message of 15 lines to to your prospects because here obviously they are not one; they are not going to read it, and they are not going to respond to you. So LinkedIn is um, a social app or a social network, so people they are. Receiving a lot of messages, so you need to be straight to the point. So, you can pitch your prospects uh, on LinkedIn for those who are not active, because, and I'm going to give an example. It's uh, I booked a meeting with a company at Castor uh, in June. The prospect, said, yes, I'm interested, and then he see me, and I booked the meeting um, in early Ju- early July. One month later. And what I understood with that is, they are not spending time on LinkedIn. So, if you want to try to build a relationship, where well, that you are not, you are going to waste your time with, with those prospects. So, that's why you need to be straight to the point uh, with them. So, and I don't have the example here, but I think that's something because a lot of people are asking me for examples how you can pitch actually, but. You can pitch to those people. Uh, I think there is two ways, obviously. Uh, if you can personalize your outreach, that's the personalized. Be relevant in your outreach. That's the best way, obviously, as always. And uh, I think your message needs to be at least, you can, the shorter is uh, the better is, But uh, generally, the messages I, I was sending at Castor was between three to four lines to up to eight lines. Eight, eight lines, generally, it's, when I have um, some information that I'm leveraging, for example, a 10K report or um, an interview on a podcast episode. So, because I, I tried the same approach that we've said, leader in marketing leaders was creating a relationship, asking questions about their processes, sending content. Uh, I think sending content still works with, with, um, with them because. If you have like a webinar, you want to invite them or have like a really good piece of content that you want to send them, it still works and say why it's um, it's relevant for them. But if you are pitching um, you, with people who are not active, you don't want to spend too much time on trying to ask questions because I tried it. I tried with individual contributors, but I tried with leadership and didn't work. maybe didn't try enough to see if it's working, but uh, the early results on this, on maybe 100, 200 uh, prospects, it showed me that you have more results by pitching and being relevant to um, what they do instead of trying to ask questions or build relationships. So we'd love to get your feedback on this uh, because that's something obviously you, you won't see a lot on LinkedIn because people, they, they, they say, yeah, on, on LinkedIn you you need to you need to stop um pitch slap no slap's well I don't remember the name, the name exactly, but generally people say yeah you on LinkedIn don't pitch. I think it depends. Like always in says in marketing, <laughs> everything depends. And if people don't pay time on LinkedIn, yes you can pitch, or you can ask questions about being who the best person to talk with, for example, because People are not spending time on LinkedIn, and if yeah, you want to build a relationship, it's not going to work. So, and why also I know that, it's not just me with the results I've seen in the past few months um, prospecting data leaders. It's also, uh, I have episodes on the show, um, something that I found out talking to other SDRs who are using a lot LinkedIn. And on the show, I want to be really mindful about... The, the SDR have, uh, meaning that I don't have only SDR selling to salespeople. I have SDR selling to CFOs, um, uh, engineers, uh, a lot of different titles, not just VP of sales, because of that. Because people selling to salespeople, they, they think that's the only way to sell. And do you have different ways, obviously, to sell to, to the rest? So, So, yeah, so. If you have questions about this or feedback about this, let me know. So yeah, uh, for today I think that's it. Uh, we are at the the mark an hour. So thanks for listening. Uh, I know it's a bit a different sh- different kind of episode. So it's me me with my Mac, uh, my coffee and my webcam uh, today and to give you a different type of episode or it's more me with maybe less structure on the episode, uh, me and my thoughts. So we'd love to get your feedback and see what do you think uh, could be better on the show on this episode actually or this new format. So if you are uh, still listening... (laughs) Uh, thank you I really appreciate that so if you find, if you think this episode was useful feel free to yeah, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and rate the show on Spotify and if you're on YouTube and see watching same uh, you can leave a comment and say uh, what's your biggest takeaway from from this episode and uh, thanks for listening and I see you on the next one bye.